0: Premier Christian
1: Newscast. Hello and welcome to a new podcast from Premier, the Premier Christian Newscast. I'm your host, Tim Wyatt. I'm a freelance religion journalist and I spend most of my time trying to find out what's really going on inside the church. And so each week on the newscast we're going to dig into one big story in the church or the Christian world and try and go behind the headlines. We'll bring in experts, reporters, commentators and eyewitnesses to try and make sense of the story and explain why it matters and even what might happen next. This week we're exploring how the global church has got involved, online at least, in the war in Ukraine. The video begins with a young boy sitting in the darkness reading aloud from his Bible by the light of a torch. In Ukrainian he begins to recite Psalm 31. In you Lord, I have taken refuge. The pictures begin to shift, do you see more children? Men and women, each reading aloud, verse by verse, while crowded into cramped bomb shelters or basements. Turn your ear to me. Come quickly to my rescue. Be my rock of refuge. A strong fortress to save me, they intone. Put together by the Ukrainian Bible Society, this message of hope, while under fire from Russian missiles and bombs, quickly rocketed around the world, eagerly shared and reshared by fellow Christians online. Some of the verses seem eerily prescient. Praise be to the Lord, for he showed me the wonders of his love when I was in a city under siege. As believers far from the battlefield doom scroll their way through social media feeds crammed with horror, conflict and tragedy from Ukraine, stories and testimonies of the church's resilience and God at work have provided pinpricks of light in a very dark time.
2: The psalm
1: concludes, Be strong and take heart, all you who hope in the Lord. This week, we're going to be looking at the war in Ukraine, and more specifically, how believers worldwide have followed the conflict from afar, sharing encouragements, answered prayers and testimonies of miracles. This video of, of Psalm 31 is just one of many examples of some inspirational Christian content that's coming out of Ukraine and spreading around the internet. It was shared by the Bible Society of Ukraine, An Aldi from that charity spoke with Premier Christian Radio a few weeks ago about what his colleagues in Ukraine were doing and how Psalm 31 had become the national prayer of his nation.
3: Bible Society of Ukraine has been working in Ukraine for the last 30 years, uh, from the moment that- Ukraine um, got its independence in 1991. our Society of Ukraine was established there to translate the Bible and distribute. And uh, our dear colleagues are still working in uh, Kiev, uh, where their headquarters are. And some of the things that they are currently doing is uh, working very closely with a number of local churches, Christian organization, to, uh, to distribute uh, food, medicine, but together with that also to distribute the Bible and especially children's Bibles uh, as they go from one shelter to another. And they have noticed that actually during this particular difficult time, uh, many people want to find strength, uh, rest, but also comfort in their faith and in God's word. Uh, they have found particularly um inspiring and, 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 and inspiration actually reading the book of Psalms for their own particular context. And one of the Psalms that is uh, becoming almost the Psalms for the entire U- Ukraine is Psalm 31. And I would encourage everyone to read that in their time, but read it with the, from the perspective of, of uh, young people, children, elderly people reading it uh, in shelters, reading it in their home. Uh, reading with the fear and the anxiety that they are experiencing and see what those words actually mean to them.
4: Well I've just watched a video that you kindly sent to me from Ukraine Bible Society and it's a video of women, children, men in the shelters, in their bunkers, in Ukraine, reading Psalm 31. It is so moving. In you, O Lord, I have taken refuge. Turn your ear to me, come quickly to my rescue. I would encourage everybody, if they possibly can, to watch the video because it really brings home the enormity of the situation, but also the enormous wave of prayer and strength of prayer that is really coming to the rescue at the moment for so many people. That has to give us hope.
3: Amen to that. Yes, and I would strongly encourage everyone for us to continue to pray for Ukraine. Uh, what uh, people of Ukraine have also experienced is this sense of unity amongst themselves, amongst the churches of different traditions, praying for their own people, praying for their country, but also as a huge sense of solidarity around the world uh, from different uh, church traditions and and faiths, praying for peace in Ukraine. And I would uh, Uh, urge people to continue to pray for peace, uh, especially for the leaders of of various parties who are having to take important decisions that the Lord will change their heart and mind, will change their plans, and those plans will be plans for peace. Uh, I would ask also for you to pray for God's compassion and comfort. Uh, Many people, as we read the news, are losing dear ones, whether they are young men uh, being sent as soldiers or family members, there is a huge sense of pain uh, that uh, can surpass our imagination. And we need to pray for God's compassion and comfort in their lives and and pray for those um, people who are resilient to serve God's people in every particular situation. So pray for the Bible Society Ukraine, pray for church leaders, any Christian organizations that are still serving in Kiev or other cities that are surrounded and under heavy bombardment. Pray for their resilience, pray for their uh, strength, pray for their compassion as they try to express that light and hope of Christ at a time that is extremely dark and uh, may feel as there is no end. So please pray for them.
1: Here in the safe West, Christians have been eagerly seeking out stories of how our brothers and sisters in Ukraine are surviving the conflict and living out the gospel at the same time. Vadim is a pastor in the capital, Kiev, and he spoke with Premier Christian Radio in the early weeks of the invasion about the strain of living under Russian attack, but also how his community was digging in to help each other through the crisis.
2: We had to be underground in shelter and uh, a few bombs, they actually exploded not 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 far away from where we are right now and that's um, not normal because again we don't have here any strategic facilities no military facilities it's just private houses area where we were at night but at least Russians, the enemy, right now they show their face without playing false diplomacy, as they used to do.
4: Right, so in a way, you know where you stand with them now, because there is no infiltration undercover.
2: Yes, and the most devastating news, came from Kharkiv, its city on the east of Ukraine. And unfortunately, uh, they are just 40 kilometers away from the border uh, with Russia. So Russia is using this fact because their uh, military jets, they start from territory of Russia, attack Kharkiv, and they then they go back. So this city over this night was Almost more than half of the city was destroyed over this night.
4: Very, very frightening as well when you say about the disinformation that is possibly being planned. But you are coordinating reports from Christians on the ground across Ukraine and we are very, very grateful for that. And we're very grateful that we're able to speak with you and hear your perspective on things. Can I ask you, though, as a a Christian minister you are supporting other people, but you must be very frightened yourself. And are you getting support? Do you have mutual support from friends and family and others? Well,
2: oh, I don't know if you could hear, but even now there were two explosions uh, not far away from, from the place where I am. Well, uh, We have a united team of uh, Christians, you know, mostly they are men. We try to keep uh, women and children in safe uh, shelters right now. But we are praying together and I have to say that as Christians, we feel right now more responsibility, not, not for our lives, not for ourselves, but for those who we can help. That's why very thankful to the Lord and for your prayers that uh, we are delivered, as Christians, we are delivered from this fear because sometimes fear fear can paralyze you when a person can do nothing in these circumstances. But thankfully yesterday, we had even the opportunity to... Uh, to load our books, our van with most necessary supplies and deliver them to the families who cannot leave their uh, homes, their apartments. So this is another direction What, what we are trying to do. It's not enough. No, it's not a question. Of course, it's not enough, but at least I think that each family, each life who receives help in these circumstances it's very precious for for the lord and for our nation
4: that is wonderful that you were able to go out and deliver the books and the bibles and your reception must have been amazing that must mean so much to those families who are desperately desperately worried
2: well you know that's how uh Light, when, which suddenly appeared uh, during the night, of course, uh, families are pretty frightened, and unfortunately, right now we already have families, even here in Kiev, who already lost their their beloved ones. So that's that's the situation, and um, we still cannot accept this fact because Ukraine has always been. Peaceful country, peaceful
1: nation. Sergei lives in Zaporizhia, a city in southeastern Ukraine that's not far from Russian advances in the south around Mariupol and Kherson. He said even in these dire circumstances, he had also seen Christians making significant sacrifices to serve others in need.
5: I'll tell you a story if if I can, uh, Justin. And and that's in my hometown. and uh, you know, I grew up in uh, in Zaporozhye, and my best man's uh, son uh, and his wife, when the uh, shelling started, you know, so when the sirens went off, uh, so everybody, you know, had to run and to find a, a place, you know, so where they can uh, hide, you know. So they got into a garage. Uh, kind of that uh, peat, uh, you know, covered themselves with a mesh, uh, mer- uh, sheet metal. And they were just started texting, you know, but the thing is, so that young couple, they have a, a two-year-old child and the wife is pregnant and do any minute, you know, so they could not ju- uh, get in a car and run. And they're there in that uh, garage carpet, you know, so, and they're texting each other, asking for a prayer My daughter is the best friend with that, uh, with uh, my son's uh, wife. Uh, And so we start praying. We're texting each other. One lady family, you know, so they were on the way out of Zaporozhye already far away. Uh, She is a nurse. They realize that that family is in trouble. They turn around. They drive back to that shelling war. They find the family. They find them in that garage, and they offer them. Medical and I mean, health and spiritual health. Mm-hmm. So, this story can be can be repeated many, many times. I'm talking to pastors farther. I don't, I cannot give their, their names just for the sake of uh, uh, security, you know. So, they're mm-hmm. already under the occupied territory there. But soon as that's all started, they say, We see Christian homes are packed by people from the neighborhoods because they believe. That's where they can uh, get comfort. They will, uh, you know, get support. Uh, that's where they uh, know that Christians, you know, praying for them and God will God will uh, help them. So this is unbelievable. You know, as we see heroism of Ukrainian people on the streets when they're fighting. And you've seen stories on the screens of these news channels. You know, older babushka is uh, taking uh, a K-47 and, uh, or elderly people. Uh, couples, you know, so they stay back, you know, form the resistance, they fight back for their for their country, for their freedom. But the church is showing especially so much effort in helping leading the community, leading the church now in against this spiritual battle. I believe this is a huge warfare against Ukraine. Ukraine, since Soviet Union collapsed, became as like one of the main uh, I don't know ministry hub countries, you know, for the entire former Soviet Union, even farther. So, and that's uh, that's why it's, I believe, all happening, uh, you know. So with uh, Ukraine now, when Ukraine is under attack, um, and uh, so we yeah. pray and we hope. Premier Christian newscast.
0: Christian Newscast
1: So praying for Ukraine it seems has really energized Christians who are following this conflict from afar. In the face of daily news bulletins full of death and despair, many have been driven to participate in something quite positive by praying. At any one time, you can see that hundreds of thousands of people are using the hashtag PrayForUkraine across Twitter, Instagram, Facebook and more. And bit by bit, these prayers are seemingly starting to be answered. The stories of miraculous provision and rescue are already countless. Uh, just to share just one, Sharon Borodino from YWAM in Ukraine, she, she shared how her husband had received a call from a maternity hospital near Kiev which had been bombed. He made up a list of the specific items they required and literally as he walked out of the building up pulled a truck full of Norwegians bringing supplies from another YWAM base in Romania, uh, including every single item that was on the list from the maternity ward. Other testimonies, which have electrified Christians who are following along online, include of how just eight kilograms of macaroni has been miraculously multiplied every day to continue feeding more than 150 people at another whitewam site in Kiev. Others have shared videos of missiles or bombs falling right next to homes or people, but failing to explode. Um, In the Black Sea to the south of Ukraine, a large storm raged for several days in the first weeks of the war, which prevented Russian warships from getting close enough to Ukrainian ports there. But as ever with the internet, not everything bouncing around Christian TikTok or Instagram is entirely reliable. Some of the testimonies and inspiration shared online, supposedly from Ukraine, has turned out to be uh, less than true. Uh, a famous early piece of misinformation dressed up as encouragement was an image of Ukrainians kneeling and clasping hands in the snow as they supposedly prayed against the Russian invasion. However, it later emerged the image that actually dated from around 2019, if not earlier. Similarly, several videos of apparently miraculous salvation from missiles, shells and bombs which fail to explode or or narrowly miss killing bystanders have also been debunked as either fake or coming from old conflicts elsewhere in the world. I wanted to understand better why Christians online have fallen for some of these hoaxes and ended up sharing false or misleading information in their desperation to bring chinks of light out of the darkness of the war. So I recently chatted with Peter Crumpler, who combines a role as a Church of England minister with professional communications projects. Why do you think it is that, that Christians around the world have been so intrigued and transfixed by some of the stories and testimonies we've seen coming out of Ukraine since, since the invasion began?
0: I think that's a really good question. Uh, and, and I think like all of us, we've been absolutely sort of uh, glued to the news watch, watching this awful crisis unfold from day to day and from and from an hour to hour and and you know we're all focused on this one thing and it just seems like day after day it's unremittingly bad news i mean sadly things don't seem to be getting any better so when we see anything that is is good news coming out of this we really want to focus upon it and it, and it draws our attention in in absolutely the right way and and as christians we're asking ourselves, where is God in in all this? It's it's a really deep question, uh, and therefore, where when we see or when we hear these stories of God at work, I think we very much want to believe them. We want to seize upon them, uh, and we want to communicate them. Um, and I'd want to say right at the outset, you know, I believe, I believe in a God of miracles. I, I believe that God works today, as, as just as He worked in the pages of. Uh, of of the bible so I'm, I'm not skeptical about God's power to to, to work and to act do at the think, same time
1: go on. sorry do, do you think it, it's in some way almost like an antidote to the the bleakness of 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 our kind of secular newscast that we've been consuming whether that's online or on tv or in newspapers as you say it's a lot of bad news and so We're flailing around looking for hope, and there's not very much hope to be found from the BBC or or, or whoever else. And so that's why we're 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 really excited to stumble across, as you say, these good news stories because they're just chinks of light in the darkness.
0: I think that's right. Um, I, I think I want to go beyond that. I mean, I mean, I believe part of my calling as a Christian minister in this situation is to be a person of hope. Is to be no matter how bleak things seem to be, um, I'm a child of God, I believe in hope, and and I think we should cling to hope and encourage the Christian family to to, to be hopeful people. I think that that's a core part of of the gospel. And therefore, we do look for things that give us cause to hope, and, and I'd want to say, I, you know, I, I fully believe that in this situation, God is at work in all sorts of ways, even though it may seem it may seem bleak. Um, and I've been encouraged by some of the stories that I have I have heard um, stories, if you like, of, of everyday um, heroism as much as everything else about the about the hospitality that's being shown to refugees, about the way churches in Ukraine are helping their brothers and sisters in in this situation. I find that incredibly, um, incredibly encouraging. Um, I I do hear stories, perhaps I can give an example of a story within our own church, because we have connections as many churches do with people in that area. Uh, And a story that was shared in our church is is around, a organization that was feeding a large num- number of people, and they had, um, I think, a small amount of rice. I think it was, you know, five kilograms of rice or something like that. And yet, that managed to feed a huge number of people. Um, and I hear that story, and I, and, and I find it encouraging. Um, and, and because of the way it's come to us, um, I would perhaps put more faith in it than I would if it was just a simple story I'd picked up online. And, and yet, I'd also want to look at that and say, you know, what what is what is the root of this? And and in in a sense, for me, whether that's exactly true, or whether what it represents is an amazing effort to feed all these families that's being done by a local church, then that's as much as as a miracle to me as you know the specifics of how much rice there was in in that situation. And I'd want I want to rejoice in
3: it.
1: I also chatted with David Taylor, another Christian comms expert who works in PR, about how the fact this war was happening in a developed nation with excellent internet connections and widespread smartphone usage had enabled this tidal wave of content, including plenty of Christian content, to flood out of Ukraine and around the world. I guess the flip side of of this kind of ubiquity of the internet and the ease of sharing is that it makes it also very easy to pass around stuff that turns out not to be true. Um, Right. Uh, or, or you know, or old content that's kind of been shared as though it was happening live right now in Ukraine. Have you spotted any examples of those, or, or seen kind of prominent Christians un- unwittingly maybe sharing stuff that turns out to be a bit misleading? Yeah, and I, I think there's, um, there's a lot of people sharing examples
6: of, of what they would say would be, um, perhaps a, a miraculous escape. You know, and, and it's a video of of some people that were walking down the street and a a missile misses them or that kind of thing. Um, And and these videos very often, when they're researched or looked into, turn out to be from a war at a different time or that kind of situation. What's difficult is to find where the specifically Christian news is false. So if somebody is saying, um, you know, hey, we prayed and the soldiers went away, Or that kind of situation which is again the sort of thing we're seeing that's very difficult to disprove which i think is is the struggle here Um, but fake news in general is um, absolutely plaguing the internet in this ukraine crisis Um, i think one of the most famous examples would be the one where we had the russian warship confronting some ukrainian soldiers on a small island Um, the ukrainian soldiers gave a very blunt response to the warship to go away <laughs> and uh, and and we were told that they you know they they were heroes and they lost their lives um, and then a few weeks later it said actually they were all captured and to be honest we don't know the truth we we're not going to find that out anytime soon um there's that phrase in there that the the lie is twice around the world before the truth gets its shoes on um and unfortunately, that's not just a saying that our, our parents would tell us. There's plenty of statistics and studies to show that that's the, that's, that's the truth, that's the case. Um, but as you say, it's, it's how that then plays into the church and, and how we respond to that as Christians. That's, that's a really more difficult situation.
1: You mentioned there about, you know, people are sharing these stories of miracles. Um, there's been plenty of reports of, you know, a huge storm that came up in the Black Sea that prevented Russian warships from landing on the coast for a few days, uh, or, or plenty of other things of, you know, um, you know, 10 kilos of pasta that somehow managed to serve 200 people. Yeah. Um, as you say, these are fundamentally unprovable either way. Do you think, as, as believers, we should... Uh, kind of just choose to see the best in this and say I can't know for sure if this is true or not but it's the kind of thing God might have done so let's celebrate it and share it or do you think we should default to being a bit more skeptical until we've actually seen independent verification I think it's it's never a bad thing to
6: give God the credit for something good that happens so if as Christians we are unsure we see a story and we think that's fantastic praise God we're not doing any harm by praising God for that act but my fear is where we begin to thank God for something that we see happening we thank God for a miracle we get excited about his move and then we find out that that wasn't taking place and that that didn't happen and that's my fear is that it begins to build in us a doubt of of miracles a doubt of God moving and to be honest the church doesn't need any more doubt right now you know we're we're, we're in really difficult situations where prominent Christians that we have trusted um, have have let us down in a lot of situations so that's my fear I I think praise God for what you see Um, and whether you believe it 100% or not give God the glory Um, but we have to be careful because I say if if it then turns out to all be false there's that ability for us to it's the boy that cries wolf isn't it but it's almost the opposite you know it's we keep being told god did this god did this god did this um and then it turns out that didn't happen boy is that going to be a letdown to a lot of people um, that's, that's why it's so important that we we gain the literacy of reading online news we learn to understand fake news and also we do be careful about what we share I think as Christians, we're really excited and very quick to share anything that sounds like positive news.
1: Peter Crumpler again.
0: I mean, I have been involved in a project uh, for the last few years with uh, other Christians, looking at the whole area of fake news and and disinformation and how we, as a church, as Christians, can respond to that threat and how we can you know be wise in, in in these in these situations and in in the context of of ukraine i think some of the same lessons apply as apply as applied through covid and um, has applied as applied through a number of other situations as well and that and that is around being very cautious um, slowing down is is one of the things i very simply I, i'd recommend that when we see something online before we press share or, or retweet, or we download it to use with a small group or something, is just to say, is this true? Does this come from a reliable source? And maybe what's the intention behind this? Um, I, I, I tend to go to particular trusted organizations that I would use, Christian organizations that I know, i i'm also conscious of my own motivation in this is that i want to see good news i want to see things that that inspire me um and and, and therefore i'm i'm tending to to try and be as discerning as i can be mm. in, in this situation
1: uh, I, it's really interesting you I, mentioned I, that because i think there's a real as you say there's almost a a desperation for us to to things that we want to be true, you almost have to be more careful about believing them when you find them online because there's almost like a cognitive bias at work there that we're, we're, as you say, as Christians, we're kind of programmed to look for hope, to look for the silver lining, to see God at work in dark places and dark times that sometimes makes us a little bit credulous, maybe, or too credulous for our own good.
0: I think that's right. I mean, I think I'd want to say and I want, want to keep saying that, you know, I do believe God is at work in, in Ukraine. Uh, and you know god is at work in our world and he he is a god of great power and a god of a god of miracles so i'm not a person who would discount any sort of stories of of miracles what i'd want to say i think as as a general rule for us all is is firstly to be skeptical um, to be skeptical just to question what we we're, we're seeing uh, but not to be cynical not to assume that everything is is, is wrong you know god is at work I think, secondly, to sort of challenge the the, the narratives. There there are certain narratives that we'd want to believe coming from a a Christian perspective uh, about God being at work. And I think we just need to be open to, you know, what is actually happening in this situation here. And, And I think also there's something around what is the motivation of the people who are sharing some of these stories that that we are hearing Um, and in many cases they are sharing them with with you know the best possible heart because they want to encourage us to be praying they want to encourage us to be praising god for what's for what's happening so in some situations tim i i i I would be perhaps harsher on people who are trying to spread stuff that may not be entirely you know 100 true because I can see their heart. Their heart is to get us praying and praising. Uh, and so in a sense, I cut them, I cut them some slack. But you know, we just need to be careful about what we're actually sharing because you know, we are people of truth.
1: That's all we've got time for in this week's newscast. But don't forget to subscribe to this podcast in whatever app you use to make sure each episode is automatically available for you when it's released. If you've enjoyed it, we'd really appreciate it if you could review Premier Christian Newscast on your podcast app and tell your friends about us. We're a new show and so we'd love to get the word out as much as possible. Thanks for listening and we'll see you next time.
0: Premier Christian Newscast.